0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: Getting you caught up on all these New York Giants, plus talking about where the Giants are and where they're likely headed with special guest Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, coming up next.
1: You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Lock on Giants Podcast, part of the Lock on Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trainer. Happy to have you with us. And today's episode of the Lock on Giants Podcast is brought to you in part by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's is more than just a place where you can get tasty food at affordable rates. It's a place where friends, family, community members gather. So visit your local McDonald's today. I'm loving it. All right folks, on today's show, we have some news to talk about and then Ed Valentine of Big Blue View is going to join me and we're going to basically just kind of talk about where the Giants are right now as a franchise and where they're potentially headed. And um I got to tell you, this has been an absolute rough week. You know, um The Giants losing the way they did, the state of the franchise, the news that keeps coming out, which I'm going to talk about in just a second, just a really, really rough week. And it it just, it's amazing. Losing just brings out the ugliness in so many people. I know for myself, um, I've been in a kind of a weird mood, a bad mood, I guess, for for lack of a better term, because it's just one loss after another, after another. And you just sit here and you wonder, is it going to get better? And uh, on Monday, Joe Judge pledged that it will get better, but he wouldn't give any kind of guarantee or any kind of time frame. And I just don't know how it's going to get better. I mean, it's not like they can change out the roster. It's not like at this point, um, you know, changing out any coaches would help. I don't think, you know, firing Dave Gettleman, the general manager, is going to help at this point. Basically, they're going to have to wait until the season is over to make significant changes and hope that this thing gets better. But anyway, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I'm going to discuss that with Ed Valentine. What I do want to mention, though, is the Giants injury news. Now, this is just going from bad to worse. It really is. Left tackle, Andrew Thomas. As I mentioned, I think I mentioned it on Tuesday's show, I had a sick feeling that Andrew Thomas was going to land on IR. Well, sad to say, He did land on IR. Um, Andrew Thomas has a sprained foot on one side and a sprained ankle on the other. So he is gone now for at least three weeks. The hope is that he will be good to go after the bye week. So we'll have to see where he is at at that point. But right now, this is kind of depressing because if you think about it, the original starting offensive line that the Giants hope to roll into the season, Andrew Thomas left tackle IR. Shane Lemieux, left guard, knee, IR. Nick Gates, center, broken leg, IR. Will Hernandez, right guard. Well, he's played every snap, so he's been lucky so far. Knock on wood. And then Matt Parrott, who was supposed to be the starting right tackle, wasn't able to beat out Nate Solder. Colossal fail by the Giants. I know you can't plan for injuries, but... And to go in and not have, you know, suitable depth across the board. And yes, I get it. Zach Fulton retired. Okay. But what about the other opportunities they had to bring guys in? You know, just one thing after another with that offensive line. And it's just really, really unfortunate. Because, you know, we kept hearing that it was going to get fixed and it hasn't. And I know Dave gentleman tried to fix it. Some of the things are not his fault. But, you know, again, you know, if the talent's not there, the backup talent isn't there to develop. If you don't have talent in the pipeline to develop for emergencies like this, that is a problem. And uh, there's just no sugarcoating it, I'm afraid. All right, let's talk about some of the other uh, transactions and injuries the Giants had on Tuesday. C.J. Board with the broken arm, as expected, on IR. His season's probably done. I don't think he comes back. Um, The Giants also, uh, actually, this is according to, uh, I think the New York Post had this report. Sounds like wide receiver, Kadarius Toney, who was dealing with a sprained ankle, isn't going to play this week. All right? Because there's concern about... um, the potential short-term gain versus the long-term damage to his ankle. So sounds like they're going to rest the kid for at least a week. But uh, we'll see, of course, when we get into practice as the week goes on. A couple of transactions. The Giants signed offensive tackle Corey Cunningham, who they had brought up from the practice squad twice. So he is now on the 53-man roster, as depth. And they also brought up wide receiver Dante Pettis to the 53-man roster to help out. With the fact that um, Darius Slayton, as of this recording, is still not clear to return to practice, we'll see if he's is uh, cleared when they return to practice uh, on Wednesday. When you see this, right now I'm recording this on a Tuesday. Um, the Giants also signed um, some players to their practice squad: tackled Derek Kelly, linebacker Benardrick McKinney, excuse me, and uh, receiver Travis Toyvonin. Uh, so they've added those three guys to their practice squad. Terminated the practice squad contracts of tight end Jake Hausman and tackle Cole Banworth, and they have protected um, McKinney, David Moa, tight end Chris Myrick, and wide receiver David Sills the fifth from the practice squad. So kind of interesting that they they uh, protected. Chris Myrick, I'm I'm curious as to why that is. And again, as I record this, this is a Tuesday. I haven't seen the Wednesday injury report, but I want to see if maybe Caden Smith is on that injury report or had did something happen to where maybe another, you know, either Evan Ingram or or Kyle Rudolph are on that report. Because usually when depending on the positions they they protect, it means that something might be brewing on the 53-man roster with an injury or potential injury. So that's something to keep an eye on. So basically, folks, again, the bad news continues to get worse. No Andrew Thomas for three uh for three weeks at minimum. And I know yesterday Ruben uh, or Empire PR man on Twitter, Ruben, um, asked me about the starting offensive line. And um, if I had to take a guess right now, I would say it's probably going to be Nate Solder at left tackle. Um uh, Matt Skura at left guard, assuming that uh, Ben Bredesen's hand is still a, a problem. Um, center will be Billy Price. Right guard will Hernandez. Right tackle will have to be Matt Parr. Although I think you'll probably see Corey Cunningham um, rotate in there. So that's what we're looking at for the offensive line. Scary, right? But you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and the uh, the Giants. Just going to have to coach these guys up because, like I said, if there was anybody out there to be had, they probably would have added them by now. And, you know, could they possibly trade for somebody? I guess they could. But um, how many teams do we know have extra offensive linemen lying around to trade for? So, All right, folks, coming up next, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View joins me as we continue to talk about the Giants, where they are now, and where things are potentially headed Warning, it's going to be a little bit on the depressing side of the conversation. But that said, I think both Ed and I made some valid points that you might want to stick around to check out. So that's coming up right after
1: this. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Hey, Giant fans, if you do a lot of driving like I do, then you need to know about a fantastic new app called Get Upside. When you open an account on Get Upside, you can get up to 25 cents per gallon back every time you fill up at the pump. Get Upside makes it easy to save on your gasoline and they give you multiple cash out options such as direct payment to your bank account, PayPal, Amazon gift cards, and more for any time you want to cash out. So open an account today and use our special promo code, TOUCHDOWN, to get a bonus 25 cents Back per gallon on your first fill up. Again, that's up to 50 cents off when you use our special promo code, touchdown, and you're on your first fill up. That's GetUpside available at the iTunes store and on Google Play. Again, code touchdown, the GetUpside app, get yours today and start saving every time you fill up at the pump. And welcome back, Giant fans, to the Lock on Giants podcast. Patricia Trainer here with you. And I am now joined by good friend Ed Valentine from Big Blue View. And Edward, what are we going to do about this Giants team?
0: I don't know, Patty. I think uh, you know, maybe if if you took up a collection on your site and I took up a collection on my site, maybe we, you know, we might be able to make John Mayer an offer by this team, maybe. Who knows? You know, your, your readers are rich. Mine are rich, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know.
2: Maybe we should start a GoFundMe page. But seriously, though, Giants coming off a um, another blowout loss, a heartbreaking loss. Joe Judge uh, on Monday asked, you know, what assurance can you give the fans that things are going to get better? And Judge very determinedly said, things will get better. Are you buying or selling that statement?
0: I'm not buying it Patty that's that's for sure and and listen I I actually wrote a little bit about that statement on uh, on Tuesday at Big Blue View and, and and listen you ask a head coach a question like that and and the head coach is in a no-win situation there's there's nothing he can say he can't sit there and say well we stink and this season's lost and and talk to me you know talk to me in training camp next year and we'll see You know, he's got to say things are going to get better because, you know, if he doesn't say that, then then, you know, what's he doing and what reason is there for him to have his job? So but here's the thing, Patty. The Giants have played miserable football for most of the last decade. All right. This is what we heard from Ben McAdoo. This is what we heard from Pat Shermer. And now we're hearing it, you know, from Joe. And we hear all the time from Joe about it's not about the results. It's about week to week progress and it's about getting better and it's about the big picture and all of that. But you know what? At some point, you have to win. The words are hollow. I don't care what he says, Patty. I don't care anymore about, you know, promise me that it's going to get better. Dave and Dave Gettleman and Joe both said, you know in the in in training camp or in the summer they both said you know better days are ahead you know we think we're pointed in the right direction all that stuff it's words they're hollow i don't care win some games you know go in the fourth quarter and 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 have the courage to go for it when you have an opportunity and, and, and go win some games. You know, Don't don't tell me about the results don't matter because I'm sorry, the results do matter. If you want people to believe that you're making progress, you need to start showing that on the field by winning some of these games.
2: Amen. And, you know, Joe always talks about the process. And we, now that we are in season, do not get to see the entire process, obviously. Not that, you know, even if we were allowed to see the entire pro- uh, practice session, we obviously aren't there in the meetings and how that's conducted and whatnot. But Ed, when you look at this team, uh, where did it all go wrong for them? I mean, it's basically on defense, you've got pretty much the same talent. Now, granted, you're missing Blake Martinez. You swapped out at cornerback, you, you upgraded supposedly Adoree Jackson. Um, offense, they added all kinds of playmakers uh, and I know they've had some injuries there, but you can't use injuries as an excuse. so that said, where did it all go wrong for this team? do you think?
0: Eddie, I wish I knew where it all went wrong because if I knew where it all went wrong, my resume would be on John Mara's desk right now <laughs> but, <laughs> but but listen, um the last two weeks, I think you know, we could have predicted the last two weeks. That the Giants would lose those games. I mean, with all of the injuries that they that they even went into the Dallas game with, and then you know to suffer even more with Barkley going down and Galladay going down, and, and and all of that. Now this, now you've got you know Andrew Thomas this week, you know, and and, and Kadarius Tony, you know, going down against the Rams. You kind of could have predicted that that these two games were going to be losses for the Giants the really discouraging thing is even with all of those players down this is the NFL you shouldn't i don't care who you're playing you shouldn't lose back-to-back games by a total of 51 points you just shouldn't you should be you, you even you know you should be competitive into the fourth quarter somehow and you just shouldn't be you shouldn't be blown out of a game before halftime. You know, and that's that's what's really discouraging. Where did it all go wrong? I don't know. But part of what I question sometimes, Patty, part of what I question on on the defensive side, I question how some of these players are being used. I question how Jabril Peppers is being used. I question how Xavier McKinney's being used. I question why Leonard Williams who moved all over the offensive line or defensive line last year from side to side sometimes at the nose why is he stuck in the same spot this year play after play after play after play um you know I just I I, I question what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball uh, on the offensive side of the ball um they've had so many injuries that it's impossible to know what this offense is supposed to be or was supposed to be or is supposed to be or or, or whatever because you just can't you can't build any consistency when day to day you don't know who's practicing and week to week you don't know who's playing and you know and series to series you have no clue what what group of offensive linemen you know Joe Judge and Rob Sale are going to choose to send out there and what position they're going to be playing. I mean, how do you run an offense? You know, when, when series to series, for crying out loud, you have no clue who's going to be on the field. I just, I don't know. Um, so obviously, injuries are a factor, Patty. But I also think that, to be honest with you, I think that that the coaching staff has to look itself in the mirror and figure out what are we doing? What was our plan? What is our plan? What do these guys do best? And and why aren't we using them that way?
2: Yeah. Well said, Ed. Well said. Now how much do you think the players are a part of this? And I don't mean by execution, but, you know, we saw in the game against the Los Angeles Rams, the second half there, It looked like maybe a couple guys might have nailed it in at times. I mean, how much do you think that's starting to get to them to where they're at a point where they're just saying, you know, why am I going through this knuckle drill during the week when it doesn't result in a win?
0: Well, that's when you start to reach the danger zone, Patty. That really is. You know, you've always sort of had that sort of elephant in the room with Joe, with Joe Judge, because. His methods are a little bit old school. He's tough on guys. You know, his, his language is colorful, as we know. Um, he, he tends to run. You know, we, we've seen some of what he does in practices and guys running laps. And and I don't think he did it this year, but we've seen him restart practices in the past when he didn't like the way the first 10 or 15 minutes went. When you're as hard on players as Joe admits that he is, and as his staff admits that he is, sooner or later, you have to show results on the field. Because, and I suppose it's that way with any coach, no matter what their method is, if you don't show results on the field, sooner or later, guys begin to tune it out. Um, You know, I'm sorry, that's just human nature. Sooner or later, you lose guys because guys will say, you know, he's... He's he's driving us like crazy. He's pushing us. He's telling us this. He's telling us that, and it's not working. And 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 that's why you're kind of at a danger point with the Giants when you start to see, you know, what we saw Sunday, where 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 you know where Judge is obviously questioning the effort of some of his own players, and we saw a couple plays where that's probably justifiable, because if if you lose the team, if you lose the locker room. That's when you start to say do we do we have the right guy coaching this team
2: All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast, but let us welcome in our newest sponsor, McDonald's. McDonald's has been proudly serving communities since 1965, and it's been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's a place where you can gather with friends, family, community members to sit, relax, chat, enjoy the free Wi-Fi, and just... Have a great meal and a great time with friendly faces. And for me, McDonald's is this very special place. Every Saturday, you can find me at my local McDonald's where I pick up a breakfast sandwich and egg McMuffin and a hot beverage, one of my favorite traditions, going back to when I was in college, really. So I really enjoy the opportunity to visit with the folks over at McDonald's in my local town. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say Locked on Giants watch party? I'm loving it. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's show. The first, Bilt Bar is a healthy, low-carb, low-sugar, and high-protein treat that will satisfy your sweet tooth. Choose from nine amazing flavors, plus the occasional limited-time offering available in nut and nut-free varieties. Visit BiltBar.com and get 15% off your first order with the promo code LOCK15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your first order and of course joe as part of what he you know when he talked to us on monday he said i'm going to be paying and i'm paraphrasing here i'm going to be paying close attention to the guys on the field this week you know who's coming to work who's not how are they approaching stuff um basically putting this team on notice which you know you mentioned the danger zone there i I think they're hovering pretty close to that danger zone (laughs) it sounds that way
0: the thing of it is, Patty, as I talked about earlier, you know, when you were asking me about, you know, some of the things that Joe said about, you know, about turning things around and about the future, those can't just be words. Okay. It they can't just be words. If he is not if he's not satisfied with somebody's effort, I don't care you know, and and I'm not saying that it's directed at a specific player or not, but I don't care who that player is, what his status is. Those can't just be words. If he's not happy with the guy's effort, then we need to see that guy standing on the sidelines on Sunday. Because if, if they're just words, then once again, you're in that, you know, lose the locker room, lose credibility stage and, you know, I like Joe. I think Joe has the potential to be a very good NFL head coach. I really do. And I know that John Mara and Steve Tisch don't want to go down this road of looking for another head coach. John said when Joe was hired, you know, that we got two years out of Ben McAdoo, we got two years out of Pat Shermer. We have to be more patient with. This head coach than we were with the last two guys, so I know they want to be. But as I said, you're at that danger zone where if the effort on the field, you know, doesn't doesn't show you that the guy still has control of the team, you know, then you then you have to make a choice that you don't want to make.
2: Yeah, and uh, the last thing this team wants to do. I'm sure is a total restart. I mean, as it stands now, if the season continues to go downward, you're probably looking at Dave Gettleman parting ways with the with the franchise, and now you're talking a new GM, and you know, would the new GM necessarily have ties to Joe? And then what happens if that doesn't work out? And it just it's, it just seems like a vicious cycle that never ends with this team, you know. And it goes back to what you always say about how when they had the opportunity to just sweep everybody out and start from scratch. They didn't do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, you know, 2015, obviously, when when they decided to move on from Tom Coughlin. And I have always said that, you know, at the time, John Maris said, Well, it's not Tom Coughlin's fault. It's the fault of the fact that we haven't given him a good roster. Okay. So why do you remove the head coach and keep the guy who built the roster. It was always my contention that that if you were going to make that big change, sweep the whole thing out, sweep the GM out, sweep the quarterback out and go for a full-blown restart. And Patty, we're kind of in the same in the same boat you know when i did a when i did a, a valentine's Views podcast on monday i said you know if, if the season continues to go like this it's pretty much a, a fate accompli that that dave Gettleman won't be you won't be back next year but the farther away that you get from the game and the you, you get a little bit more clear-headed and you start to think about this and i I have this belief that the best path is really the one that the Giants haven't taken yet, you know, in trying to fix this, which is the path of basically marrying the GM and the head coach. So I can see the Giants, whatever the record turns out to be this year, uh, and I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but I can see the Giants saying, we're going to give Joe another year, so let's keep Dave with him for another year. You know, if Dave wants to stay, and then if it's not going to work, then you sweep the whole thing out and start over again.
2: That would you know, make it's sense.
0: At, at some point because at some point, I would like to see the head coach and the GM on the same time schedule, on the same contracts with the same start date, the same, you know, the same quote unquote end date where there's no push pull. It's like this decision affects both of us and, you know, where they're both on that same, where they're both on, on that same schedule and, and they're tied to each other. And I would like to see that someday, but, uh, you know, but I don't know if, if John Mara and Steve Tisch are, uh, are on that page.
2: You know, you raise an interesting point. And, you know, why I say that makes sense is I can see a scenario where maybe Joe says, okay, you know what, if the, if the season continues to go downhill, Joe says, you know what, I'm just going to shake up my coaching staff, Jason, you're gone. So-and-so you're gone, you know, wh- whatever changes he needs to make, I could see Jason, you know, uh, sorry, Joe doing that and seeing if that doesn't start things. So, uh, you know, I, I know that wouldn't be a very popular decision amongst Giant fans because, you know, right now, understandably, everybody's upset. They want to see changes. They want to see head rolls. I get it. Um, the roster right now is what it is. We'll see if Joe can, you know, get anything out of these guys and with the effort, determine who's in, who's out. Which leads me to really what I wanted to ask you about next, and that's what's next for this roster. Now, we've got the trade deadline coming up. Now To me, to me now, it's kind of a, I don't want to say a touchy situation, but if you're Joe, you're saying, okay, listen, I'm determined to get this turned around and I want to be able to do it with the guys I pick for my roster to make this team. At the same time, if you're the Giants and you're looking at the cap situation, which is a mess, by the way, I just wrote something about that today on Tuesday at Giants Country you are maybe looking ahead and saying, okay, you know what? If we lose on Sunday against the Panthers, we got to tear all this down and start thinking about making cap room for this year and for next year. So that said, Ed, where do you see this going if the Giants somehow beat the Panthers, knowing that they have a tough schedule ahead and it's just like a temporary reprieve in all likelihood?
0: Eddie, this is, this is a sort of a, a double-headed monster here and the the problem is obviously Joe doesn't want to toss in the towel on this year no head coach wants to toss in the towel because every head coach of an NFL team ever has not ever really and truly been able to look past the next Sunday's game that's you know that's they 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 go from one Sunday and You know, as soon as the press conference is over with from from that game, they're on to the next game. And and that is what is truly important to a head coach. But here's what I wrote this morning at Big Blue View. And Dave Gettleman has always said that he wants to do what is best for the organization and that he wants to whenever he leaves the organization and however he leaves the organization, that he wants to leave the organization in a better place than when he found it. And I think that the Giants took a big step toward that in the 2021 draft when they made a couple of trades down and got you know good players in Kadarius Tony and Aziz Ojalari, but also got you know, a significant haul of fairly high draft picks in 2022. You're at that situation where the right, thing to do for this organization is to be completely honest with yourself when you evaluate this roster. There are a lot of people around the NFL, Patty, and I'm sure you've talked to to many of them, who believe that a big part of the Giants' problem in recent years has been their inability to honestly evaluate their own players, overvaluing you know some of the guys that they have. I think they need to be sellers at the trade deadline. They need to honestly look at this roster and look at the the handful of guys, some of whom they drafted, and a couple of whom are guys that that are leftovers from the you know from the Jerry Reese era. Guys that are on their their last year. We're talking about Evan Ingram. We're talking about Jabril Peppers. We're talking about Lorenzo Carter. Um, you know, maybe a couple of other guys, but you need to honestly look at your roster and say, are these guys core players? Are these guys that we want to give second contracts to? Do they make enough of an impact for us to, you know, to make a commitment to them? And if the answer is no, and in the case of those three players, I think it is no, then you have to be willing to to pick up the phone and tell other GMs that these guys can be had. And I'm not saying, you know, make a complete fire sale, but I'm saying if you get offers for these guys that make any sense, that are anything better than your, your throwaway conditional seventh round pick, then you've got to consider making that move. And, And as you said, with the salary cap, the cap is a mess, but you can, You can take a big chunk out of your salary cap issues by moving on from James Bradbury. And to me, what I wrote this morning is that James Bradbury is sort of the poster child for one of the biggest problems that the Giants have this year, which is big name, highly paid players not playing up to expectations, not playing up to their contracts. James Bradbury can probably bring you a day two draft pick and give you something like $13 million worth of cap relief for next year. And if you can can accomplish both of those, to me, it doesn't matter that you have no clue who's going to play cornerback for the next 12 games because those next 12 games really don't matter a whole lot.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you because, you know, it's, it, it's a tricky, you know, it's 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 tricky because if, if you're sellers and you start sending away, you know, the James Bradberries and the Evan Ingram's and the Jabril Peppers, which, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, from a cap perspective, makes sense. You're also in a way, I guess, se- sending a message to the locker room that, hey, we've thrown up the white flag. And it's just such a tricky line to walk, and you just wonder what that would have, what what kind of impact that would have on the morale. I mean, can the Giants even afford to care about that? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the answer is.
0: I don't think they can, Patty. To be honest with you, um, I know that Dave talks a lot about you know the, about the message that's that's being sent to the locker room about how everything that the front office does impacts the locker room and all of that but as i as i said the thing of it is especially for me with these guys who are free agents to be okay especially those guys i know will hernandez is also in that situation and and i think will needs to stay the giants have had a the giants have enough of a mess on the offensive line as it is and will has played pretty well this year Will deserves not to be, you know, a a top 10 highest paid lineman in the league, but he deserves to stay. You know, I would like to see him stay on a on a reasonable contract. But but you have to be honest and look at some of these guys and say, if he's not part of our future and we don't intend to bring him back in twenty twenty two, then then let's let's try to get something for him now that that maybe can help us in the draft in 2022 or 2023 and because it seems like everybody's picking up 2023 picks now which seems a little crazy but uh but i i think you have to honestly evaluate the players you want to go forward with and, and the ones that you don't
2: yeah 2023 picks, by the way, not so crazy because, remember, the cap is going to go way up in 2023 because that's going to be the first year the new TV deals kick in. So teams are going to have a ton of money to spend um, starting in 2023. 2022, going to be tricky because you still have the the leftover effects of COVID. Plus, you know, in the Giants case, they basically maxed out their, their salary cap. I mean, it's it's. It's 2016 all over again, and they did it again in 2014. You know, I I just I I get what Dave was trying to do here, but it didn't really work the first two times. I'm not sure why they thought it would work this time, but um, to me, the the plan—if you want to call it a plan—was let's put together a a team that can carry us through a two-year window and hope for the best. And of course, you know, if it blows up, which right now it is. Now you're stuck and you've screwed yourself for next year. So, well,
0: well, we know that we know that the that the plan really was, at least the way I look at it, was you know all in for 2021 to give Daniel Jones the best supporting cast, the you know that that they could so that they could event so that they could make an ultimate judgment on Daniel as to whether he's the guy to go forward with or not and you wound up signing a guy like Kyle Rudolph who I love the guy but you gave him a 2 year 12 million dollar deal after you knew that he had a that he that he needed foot surgery and what Kyle Rudolph has has shown so far is either a he doesn't have much left in the tank or b Jason Garrett doesn't really know how to use him or have a plan for how to use him. So that's wasted money. Kenny Galladay always was a risk because I think in four or five years, he's only played one full season in the NF. He's only made made it through 16 games once. So he's got an injury history and, and we're seeing that play out. Adoree Jackson was a huge risk because, you know, it, it, it's a red flag. Despite the fact that the guy is talented, it's a red flag when he's a first-round draft pick, and the team that drafted him shows no interest in keeping him. And you know what we're what we're seeing right now. I mean, I mean, you tell me, Patty. Has Adoree Jackson played better than Isaac Yatham?
2: Can't really say that.
0: <laughs> no, Maybe neither can I.
2: Maybe the same.
0: Maybe. But, you know, so so I don't know. You know, I understood what they were trying to do. You know, they were trying to do something short term to to get the best possible supporting cast around Daniel that they possibly could so that they could make a judgment this year. Right now, it's just not working. Yeah.
2: Unfortunate. You know, here we are again. You know, we're we're what? Almost done with the month of October and. We're looking at this team, basically, their season potentially being done by Halloween again. And it's very depressing. It's very um, draining. I I know, Ed, you've been covering them almost as long as I have. And after a while, it's like, you know, you you would think you'd be numb by now. And you hope, you know, I know I always hope that maybe something will turn around. Maybe I'm just being naive. I probably am. But all I well, know is
0: this has just been rough. So, Patty, let, let let me put it this way: we do weekly staff picks at Big Blue View. All right, we do. You know, we where we all just pick. We don't. We pick them straight up: winners, losers, and I'll, I'll tell you where my head has been all year. Sunday's game against the Rams is the first one I've gotten right, hmm. which means, which means that i have been either optimistic enough or foolish enough to pick the giants to win through their f- in in each of their first 5 games so i want to believe that this is going to get better i want to believe that it's going to turn around i really wanted to believe that that this product that the giants were putting on the field in 2021 you know was going to be better than what we've seen the last few years and i know injuries are injuries are just are are just wreaking havoc on this roster at this point i know that but i also know that that it's not any worse than the baltimore ravens who i think i read have 17 players on ir right now And are five and one and are one of the best football teams in the league. Mm. So
2: league leading in, in IR players.
0: Yeah. So, so, I mean, I don't want to hear it. You, you build a roster that has some depth to it. You, you coach up those players, you figure out what they can do best. You have a plan, you know, for how to use all of those guys and you go forward, and and I still say, you know, before Galladay got hurt and before Barkley got hurt, and all of that, you had three winnable games at the beginning of the season, and the Giants won none of them. They
2: threw that away. They, they, they won none of them.
0: That. They they yeah. wasted they wasted what was a weak part of their of their schedule at the beginning of the year to extend and that, the
2: preseason,
0: and, and that is going to haunt them all season long because they they were not ready to win, you know, at the beginning of the season. And and that's and that's going to haunt them the rest of the year.
2: And it's going to cost some people probably jobs, you know, which is unfortunate. But, Edward, we got a long haul still to go with this team. Um, Again, hopefully things start to perk up right now. I need a reason to believe, you know, you mentioned your your staff picks and everything, I need a reason to believe before I can say, yes, I believe this giant team is is back in the right direction. And until I see it, I, I don't think in all good consciousness I can pick them to win another game. And it's unfortunate because I tend to be optimistic. I try to be optimistic and try to find the bright spots, but I just can't do it. I, I'm sorry. If that makes me a bad person, a bad reporter, whatever, I just can't do it. So
0: how many people are going to be in MetLife on Sunday?
2: I have no idea. I know I'll be there, but I got to work. <laughs> as do you, so we have to be there. <laughs> but no, I, I I don't know. I mean, um, are, what are they doing? Anything? Isn't Sunday the day they're giving away the comic book or something like that? Do they have some kind of promotion or something they're doing? I don't know if that's going to be. I, I people don't. Have. I
0: don't know. I I don't know, Patty. But I'm 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 sure that it's it's certainly not going to be a lively crowd. I can tell you that.
2: Yeah, I, I would probably agree with you. But anyway, Edward, thank you, as always, for coming on. Always good catching up with you, even though, unfortunately, we're not talking about a winning team right now. And who knows that? I mean, that's why you line up and you play the game. I, like I said, hopefully things turn around, but uh, give me a reason to believe, please.
0: Exactly.
2: All right. All right. Giant fans, that is going to do it for us here on the Lockdown Giants podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day, or if you're watching us on YouTube, your first watch of the day for Ed Valentine. I am Patricia Trena, and we will talk to you again tomorrow with the crossover show. Make sure you tune in for that. Julian Council of Lockdown Panthers joins me.